Can you turn in your Bibles to 1 Corinthians chapter 2? Praise God. Do you know God is interested in you? I conducted a little experiment yesterday. I sent out a Facebook message to just about everybody here. Did anybody see it? Some of you are going to, we got Wi-Fi here, so some of you are going to go, oh, I'm going to check my Facebook. As long as you say amen. amen. <laughs> I was reading past, we're, we're looking at the supernatural. I believe we live in the supernatural every moment of the day. I just think that maybe we don't realize it. But it's there for us 24-7. As Pastor Daniel said, he's all in. I'm all in. But sometimes we look at the supernatural and we almost mystify it. You know, I walk in the supernatural and I almost think I need flames coming off my fingertips. You know, Pastor Nelson used to say how people would say the word God. If you pronounce God, G-A-W-D, it's like I'm trying really hard to get into the supernatural. God. But the supernatural is just part of who we are. In fact, the supernatural is probably the human definition. The God definition is just natural. I'm really scratchy. Is it scratchy out there? I'm, I'm going to take the hand mic. I'm going to take this one, Chris. Hallelujah. The supernatural, in God's view, the supernatural is just natural. If you want to get a picture of what God thinks or a great idea of what God expects to happen on earth, take a look at how Jesus taught his disciples to pray. He says, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. God wants his will on heaven to be evident and living on earth. That was the prayer that Jesus said. And Jesus was clothed in humanity, but he was divinity and he was God, 100% God, 100% man. He was talking with God the Father all the time. He only did what he saw his Father do. He didn't come up with his own. He did what God the Father was directing. And so God the Father was talking to Jesus and he says, and you teach the people, your disciples, your followers how to pray. Pray that my will that's happening in heaven would also be what happens on earth. 
So as I was studying and preparing, I'm, I'm just overwhelmed with the thought of the supernatural. I'm, I'm overwhelmed with it. I'm actually, I, I'm expecting something to happen. And if you get around me, I, this, you may not understand this. I believe if I shake your hand, something's going to happen. Now, I'm not expecting you to do no holy roller dance and stuff like that. I'm expecting when you get touched by somebody who is operating in the supernatural realm, and that is his lifestyle, that it can't but touch and affect you. And in the same way, I believe you, when you talk to somebody when you look at somebody, when you extend your hand to them and you touch them, you speak to them, you have your presence around them, I expect them to be different and changed and affected. It's not just something for the pastor. It's not just something for the eldership. It's something for everyone that calls themselves a disciple, a believer of Christ. The word Christian has been so watered down we need to be followers. So I want to read you. I want to read this chapter, Paul. We sh- we looked at it for a few minutes last week, and I want to look at it again. I want to I want to throw a couple thoughts into your mind. I want you to think about the word wisdom, because the supernatural. Last week we talked about how the supernatural. Paul said, "I didn't come with man's wisdom, but I came." With, with the demonstration of the God and the power of God and of the Spirit. And we saw how man's wisdom or man's words will fall short, but the power of God is a power that is a demonstrative. It actually wants to demonstrate. But then what's amazing, if you continue reading, you find out that he connects it to God's wisdom. Some of you need to walk in God's wisdom. And that's the demonstration of God's power. We think God's dem- the demonstration of power, like I said earlier, is flames slipping off my fingers. But sometimes the demonstration of God's power is simply a timely word of wisdom. Not manly wisdom, but godly wisdom. So I want to read this passage to you, and I want you to see how Paul weaves in so many different thoughts. And we're going to just start right away in verse 1. And I've got the English Standard Version, so it may be a little different than what you've got. But he says, And I, and I, when I came to you, brothers, did not come proclaiming to you the testimony of God with lofty speech or wisdom. For I decided to know nothing among you except Jesus Christ and Him crucified. And I was with you in weakness and in fear and in much trembling. And my speech and my message were not in plausible words of wisdom, but in demonstration of the Spirit and of power, that your faith might not rest in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. That's where we got to last week. God wants your faith to rest in His power. Man, think about that. 
Then he can, and then it's funny because then he kind of switches, but he's still talking about God. He's still talking about the supernatural. He's still talking and giving a description. He says, "Yet among the mature, we do not impart wisdom. Uh, yet among the mature, we do impart wisdom, although it's not a wisdom of this age. Thank God for that. Or the rulers of this age. I mean, wow, who are doomed to pass away. But we impart. Listen, to, this is something." For you and I, we impart a secret and hidden wisdom of God. Do you know God's wisdom is like amazing? It's powerful. It's like, it's almost like secret in the fact that it's, wow, where did you come up with that? which God decreed before the ages of our glory. None of the rulers of this age understood this. For if they had, if they understood God's wisdom, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. Huh. There are some things that God does not reveal to everybody else. There's a passage that says God reveals things to his prophets. He shares things with those that are close to him. You know Actually, I shouldn't say you know. You have an unfair advantage. You do. You have the Holy Spirit. You've got, you have an unfair advantage. You can walk into a business discussion and you have an unfair advantage because you've got the Holy Spirit, the wisdom of God flowing into you, communicating with you. While you're talking man to man, God's talking spirit to spirit and he's giving you thoughts and ideas that the other guys just don't come up with. Do you receive that? Do you believe that? So if they had, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. But as it is written, what no eye has seen, nor ear heard, nor the heart of man imagined, what God has prepared for those who love him. <laughs> man, God's got a lot for you. Dennis and Jolene, it's been so good to see you. God's got more than you can imagine for you. Dennis and Jolene are visiting from Manitoba. They've been there for six years. They're from Abbotsford. They used to be in the church. They know many of you. God's, God's going to give you wisdom. He's just going to, like, open up pages to you. You're going to sit there, Dennis, and all of a sudden you're just going to, and it's like you're going to just read. Uh, Jolene? You're going to have fun. Your kids are going to look at you and go, what is up with grandma? Because you're just going to be smiling, and, and you're fun people to be, but God's going to give you something that, that just surpasses the wisdom of man. Okay, back to the word here. No eye has seen, nor ear heard, nor the heart of man imagined what God has prepared for those who love him. Who loves him? So that verse is for you. These things God has revealed to us through the Spirit. For the Spirit searches everything, even the depths of God. For who knows a person's thoughts except the Spirit of that person which is in him? 
so also no one comprehends the thoughts of God except the Spirit of God. Now we have received not the Spirit of this world, but the Spirit who is from God, that we might understand the things freely given us by God. Do you know God's got some good things for you? And they're free. I like free. Hallelujah. He's got things that he wants to give you. They're freely given to us by God. And we impart this in words not taught by human wisdom, but taught by the Spirit, interpreting spiritual truths to those who are spiritual. The natural person does not accept the things of the Spirit of God, for they are folly to him, and he's not able to understand them because they are spiritually discerned. The spiritual person judges all things, but in him himself, but is himself to be judged by no one. For who has understood the mind of the Lord so as to instruct him? But we have the mind of Christ. You have an unfair advantage. You have an unfair advantage. If we, if we lived in a world of fairness, and I would suggest to you, God is not fair. God is just. We live in a society that thinks of fairness and equality, but God thinks in a, in a world of justice and righteousness. And they are not equal. So I'm here to tell you that you have an unfair advantage because you've got God talking with you, His Spirit revealing things to your spirit. The natural man doesn't understand that, but the spiritual man does. And in Romans it says we're born of the Spirit. We're not born of flesh and blood, but when we accepted Christ, He says in 2 Corinthians 5.17, you became a new creation. Old things have passed away. There's a new way of living. When I accepted Christ, I changed the way I live because I became a new creation. I became alive in my spirit. It became alive. I want to... I mentioned earlier, I, I sent out a note on Facebook to everybody. Just about everybody. And it was a real simple note. It was, um, I'm thinking of you, praying for you. And as I wrote the note and as I put people on that message, I prayed for every one of you. And I got responses. It was kind of neat to see the responses. That was a human to another human. That was me to you. But the response was, there were some of you that talked to me, and there were some of you that emailed me back or messaged me back saying, thank you so much for that message. That ministered to me. Thank you so much. I can't tell you how much it was timely. Um, I needed that. I, gave, I sent out two lines. Two lines. And it affected people. God's thoughts 
towards you? What are his thoughts towards you? What are his thoughts towards you? We just read, eye has not seen, ear has not heard. It has not even entered into the heart of man. But God has prepared for those who love him. There's another passage that says he does exceedingly, abundantly, above and beyond what you can ask, what you can. I don't think we ask. We don't think. We got to think big and then we got to think bigger. I serve a God that is wild. I serve a God that created the whole universe. I want to read you a few other verses. Psalm 139, 17. This morning, I believe God's been speaking to people. There's a few of you that I believe God's got a word for. I'm just asking Him about it. Psalm 139. 17 and 18. How precious also are thy thoughts unto me, O God. How small is the sum of them. Is that what it says? What does it say? How great. How great is the sum of them. If I should count them. These are God's thoughts to you. I sent you two lines yesterday. Now, one of my gifts is an encourager. And I know how much just a word of encouragement boosts me up. I just gave you two lines. Thinking of you, praying for you. And I sent it to husbands and wives because I didn't want to creep anybody out. And so it's like, you know, I was very careful. How precious also are thy thoughts unto me. Oh, yeah, I mean, the, the wife will show the husband. Do you see what Pastor David does? I saw this great cartoon. These two older people are sitting down, and the old gentleman looks at his wife and he says, Your teeth. Oh, how did he go? Uh, your, your, tease, your teeth shine like pearls in the moonlight. And his wife, who's a little hard of hearing, said, You're out with Pearl? What were you doing with her at midnight? Anyways, I sent you two, two lines. How precious also are thy thoughts unto me, O God. How great is the sum of them. If I should count them, they are more in number than the sand. <laughs> Think about that. Think about that. He just had another thought about you. He just had another thought about you. He just thought about David again. If I took a shovel, if I took a shovel and I went to the beach, I would get so tired of counting the number of grains of sand in that shovel. And he said, <laughs> it's like the beach. Count it. Just try 
to figure out and count and quantify my thoughts for you. He says, they're greater than that. And he's much more efficient than Facebook. If I should count them, they are more in number than the sand. When I awake, I am still with you. This morning, God was speaking to people. I, it, I found a, a, an interesting presence of God this morning. As I was meditating and as I was worshiping, I just found it, it. Last week, man, my stomach was churning and I was all excited. This week, I'm very serious. I've got my serious face on. Jeremiah 29, verse 11. Many of us know this. For I know the thoughts that I think toward you, says the Lord. Thoughts of peace. <laughs> Thank God. His thoughts towards you are peace. Not evil. Who here could use some peace today and not evil? That's his thoughts towards you. To give you an expected end. And if you read that context, he's actually talking to the children that were drawn away and taken into captivity in Nebuchadnezzar. And the verse before that, he says, in 70 years, I'm going to do this. God was thinking about those people 70 years before it was going to happen. And his thought toward them 70 years earlier was good. We take this verse just in a snapshot. I'm going to tell you that verse has depth to it. He didn't just wake up in the morning and go, oh, David. Oh, i got to think about David. David, David. Bless him, bless him, bless him. No, his thoughts towards me were like years ago. I'm 49. He had thoughts before I was even born. He's been in the thought business of David Stunenberg for more than 50 years. And he, I can't even count. Another verse for you. Psalm 40, verse 5. Many, O Lord my God, are thy wonderful works which thou hast done, and thy thoughts which are toward us. They cannot be reckoned up in order unto thee. If I would dis declare and speak of them, they are more than can be numbered. Nancy, God's got lots of thoughts about you. And they're good thoughts. I was looking for you this morning. I almost got you confused with your clothing twin. God's heart towards you is that he loves you. And you have a very special relationship with him. You're very independent. And he's the one that you run to. He's the one that you call out to. And your relationship, it's tight. It's tight. He's got lots of thoughts about you.
He's got lots of thoughts about you. And because you're dressed in a similar fashion, I looked over and God says, well, you can't just do one without the other. The thoughts about God, the thoughts that God has towards you, Jennifer, they're smart thoughts. You might rack, you, you might sit at the table and you might like, what do I do? What do I do? I believe God's going to give you thoughts, ideas, strategies, and you're going you're gonna to sit there and, and you're a fighter in a good way. But he's going to give you supernatural wisdom that people are going to do something and they're going to expect you to react one way. And God's going to speak to you as you're thinking and meditating. He's going to give you a different way to react. And you're going to react differently. And they're going to go, what just happened? And he's going to guard you and he's going to direct you. Hmm. Last week, we, I believe God was demonstrating in a tangible way his power. This week, I believe God wants to demonstrate in a tangible way his power. Because he wants to speak to you. He wants to speak to you. He's got thoughts. He's got thoughts about you. I was amazed how many people responded to a two-line, thinking of you, praying for you, six words. And how many people responded to it? And, and I appreciate that. <laughs> but six words affected you in one manner. Take this. Take a shovel, go to the beach, dig a shovel, put a shovel in there, and start counting. He loves me. He loves me. He doesn't do he loves me, he loves me not. He just goes, he loves me. He loves me. He loves me. He loves me. He cares for me. You can't number the thoughts. And I want to leave an impression with you today. of the thoughts that God has for you. I want to leave with you that you would walk away today going, God thinks about me. <laughs> he thinks about me. He actually, nobody thinks about me. I mean, I'm insignificant. I walk in a room, and everybody just keeps talking. I go somewhere, and I might as well hide in the corner because nobody sees me. God sees you. God hears you. He has thoughts about you more than the sand that you can see on the beach. And they're good. They're not evil. He has an end for you. Hmm. Let's not take the supernatural 
and just make it into a demonstration of flame flying off my fingers and people falling down. Let's make the supernatural so practical and so natural that it's the words that come out of your mouth. Because the supernatural is speech activated. The supernatural, it does things when it's in line with God's word, it does things that other people can't do. It can do in one sentence what man cannot do in a lifetime because it's God's power at work. And let's not just, and I love to see God's power demonstrated in a mighty way, but sometimes I think we expect that all the time. And I want to tell you, His supernatural power is alive in the words that you speak. In the blessing that you give somebody, you're not just blessing them. You are releasing the supernatural of heaven, heaven's will on earth when you speak. You say, well, the guy doesn't trust me. Speak God's word. Speak his word. You don't have to say, thus saith the Lord. You can just say, all right, let me think about that. I'll get back to you. Because God says to ponder things. Supernatural. And then, close your eyes and say, God, what's your thoughts? What are your thoughts? And it says here that he wants to reveal them to us. Okay? He wants to reveal his thoughts to you. Anybody here ever have an inventive thought, okay? That's not from the enemy. That's from God. God's given me some ideas. I have no idea how to make them or do them, but it's like, okay, I got to check this out. I'm asking God to have entrepreneurs here and inventors here that come up with ideas that the, because the world's waiting for answers to things, they're waiting for answer. One of the things they're waiting for an answer is how to keep two socks together when they go through the laundry. Somebody's going to figure that out. <laughs> laundry bag. See, there it is. When you come up against something, you can cry out to God and he can give you a thought that is supernatural. It can be in your finances. It can be in your business. It can be in a relationship. It can be with your children. It can be with your spouse. It can be with your boss. It can be with the person driving down the road waving their hand at you violently. God can give you a spiritual idea and a supernatural thought. He'll probably tell you, stop it and shut up. But that's from God. Don't follow him. A couple people understood that. Hallelujah. Hmm. <laughs> I'm not sure if you can see this, but I do mind maps. Do you see that color green? Do you see all the blue and the red? I've done to you just the green. Oh dear. <laughs> That's all I've given you this morning. I've been impressed 
that God has thoughts about you. And I don't know what that's going to look like, but I'm asking God that you would think about his thoughts. What are your thoughts towards me? What are your thoughts towards me? And one of the best answers I've found, one of the only answers I've found, is in here. One of the thoughts that I took as a young teenager, my high school principal said, David, memorize the scripture and make it your life verse. So I was in high school, and I memorized Psalm 34, verse 7. Delight yourself in the Lord, and he shall give you the desires of your heart. Because I had a lot of desires. Do you know what? That voice, that verse has come back to me, and it has accomplished the things that I've dreamed of. I dreamed of having a vehicle that was paid off and going to first-year Bible school. I got a vehicle. I paid my first year tuition of Bible school, and the vehicle was paid off before I went to Bible school. My wife and I wanted a house. I did not stop delighting myself in God. But his thoughts towards me are far greater than the sand that's in the seashore. And his thoughts towards me was, David, I want to get you a house. I drove over a hill in Abbotsford, and it was a pasture, and I said, I'd like to live there. And I just said that to my, I didn't even realize what I said. Now I'm very careful when I drive around because I, I, there's some places I don't want to live. But I drove over that hill, and I said, oh, I'd love to live on this hill. And there was a sign about a subdivision coming. Long story short, I was in university. I was going to university at the time. Working part-time for my dad, as many hours as I could. Raising a family. I got the first house. You tell that to somebody nowadays. People working two incomes have a hard time getting a house. We got the house. We had help, yes. But we got desire of our heart. Then I had this crazy idea that I wanted property. I wasn't satisfied with a house. <laughs> I wanted land. We got the piece of property that we live on, Daniel and I, Pastor Daniel and I. I offered him real crazy low price. They came back and I countered even still almost the same as my first. And the real estate agent looks at me across the table and he kind of literally was upset with me. And he says, you realize every time you do that, the deal is dead. And I said, if I get it, I get it. And I'd been looking for years. God got it for me. When I sold the house, these are the thoughts that God has for you because he wants to do things for you. He's a good God. He's a really good God. The realtor came to me. We listed our house. And I said, I'm asking God because he knew we were believers and, and, and pastoring. 
And I was working full time at the time, but I looked at him and said, I'm asking God for a more than full price offer. I got more than a full price offer. One loony more. The guy came, looked at the house, gave me a loony, says, I want it. He, gave, he made an offer a few days later. I said, man, I should have been a little more specific. Those are the thoughts. And that was just one verse that I took, I memorized, and I lived by. Okay? I lived by it. I delighted myself in the Lord. Okay? Don't expect to get the desires of your heart if you don't delight yourself in the Lord. And he gave me spiritual desires. He also gave me natural desires. You want to know his thoughts towards you? Read the word. The word applies to you and me. Memorize his word. And then say, God, your word says, delight yourself in the Lord and you'll give me the desires of my heart. Lord, I'm going to delight myself in you. I will delight myself in you. And you know what I found? A couple funny things. My desire started to change, but also he gave me spiritual and natural results. That's part of the supernatural living. Mm. Brother Ken, I've met you a few times. But you impress me. Your spirit impresses me. I believe God's given me a word for you. I, I'm just waiting for him to tell me exactly what it is. Um, man, he just, he just loves your sincerity. He loves how you love him. He just, it melts his heart. And I love you too, brother. Hmm. You're special. You are real special. You have no idea how special you are. And when you go to bed tonight, what you do is you say, Daddy, what are your thoughts towards me? And think about God. And just let that blow your mind. Could you do that? Mm.
There's a real peace right now. There's a real peace here right now. If you have any turmoil, this is more than for one person. This is for a lot of us. But if you have any turmoil, Pastor Daniel shared about that. Pastor Louise mentioned that. Just physically put yourself in a position to receive. Whether it's standing or whether it's just opening your hands. But if you would take a moment I believe his peace literally wants to settle. <sighs> Heavenly Father, I release your peace. That anxiety, it's going to be settled. All those thoughts, whew, they're going to be blanketed. Lord, I just release your peace. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word. And today, Lord, I specifically thank you for your thoughts. <laughs> I thank you that you think about me. <laughs> thank you. I thank you that I'm not insignificant, but that you have thoughts about me, a lot of thoughts about me, and they're good thoughts. They're not bad thoughts. And thank you that you're slow to anger, that you're quick <laughs> to mercy. Lord, I speak peace over this congregation. I speak peace over everyone today. And may we walk this week with a critical awareness of our thoughts and your thoughts. Mm. Lord, cause your face to shine upon everyone here. Your precious name. Amen. God bless you. Have an amazing week. And think about God's thoughts today.